0: Hey guys, this week's podcast is brought to you by All In. Imagine if an energy drink had an amazing baby with a sparkling water. That would be All In. It comes in four amazing berry and citrus flavors. I drink it all the time if you follow me on Instagram. You know that. Use the discount code EthanHD312 to get 25% off. Head over to DrinkAllIn.com. That's discount code ethanhd three one two to get 25% off, and let's get to the show. Is this thing on? Of course it's on. Of course it's on. Because I'm looking at the little thing right here. Hey, I'm Ethan HD. You're listening to the Going Home Podcast. Uh, Once again, thanks to All In Energy Drinks for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Couldn't do this without them. Couldn't do a lot of things without them because I would be dead asleep. Uh, today the guest, my guest on the podcast is Darren Corbin, who I've known for the better part of 10 years, uh, and has been the better part of my life for the last 10 years. I was lucky enough to meet him about 10 years ago at the West Coast Wrestling Connection out in either Salem or Portland, somewhere in that, in that area. Um, since then he's become a very good friend of mine. I was recently at his wedding to Brina. Hello, Brina. Uh, and they make a, a couple of lovely parents to a couple of lovely cats as well, um, I'm recording this in my shop, Destiny City Comics, where I'm the owner and proprietor. Uh, It's a nice little cute comic shop out in Tacoma. Is cute a good word for a comic shop? We're going with cute. We're the cutest comic shop in the world. I wouldn't say to go in the world. Um, We carry a lot of wrestling apparel as well, especially for Defy Wrestling and a lot of independent wrestling. Uh, Love to support the indie comic scene as well. Um, Quick note about this interview that I did with Darren. Obviously, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Nobody's traveling so we recorded this podcast over Zoom. I'll probably record the next few podcasts as well over Zoom. So there may be times where um, there's a little bit of glitching in the audio. I tried to clear up as much of that as possible. Um, obviously, there's only so much you can do, but I definitely took care of any awkward pauses, things like that. This is also my first time doing it, so uh, please be be kind and understanding about that as well. Uh, the thing I want to try and do a little different with this podcast, this wrestling podcast, is it's not specifically about the in-ring. I don't even know if you have to know a lot about wrestling to appreciate this. It's almost more of a travel podcast and just talking with my friends and colleagues about places we've been, whether it's different countries, weird towns, road trip stories, um, something I think is a little more relatable kind of to everybody who's ever traveled or been anywhere or just wants to hear about weird places uh, home and abroad. Uh, but yeah, I guess I'm sitting here in my shop, Destiny City Comics. I'm very relaxed. I'm in a very comfortable shirt, by Let's Wrestle Apparel, uh, you can head over to letswrestle.ca and pick up a sweet Let's Get Let's Wrestle shirt. Sure, they're very comfortable. Uh, the company's owned by my friend, Fahan Faruqi, who I met doing a WWE tryout back in 2010, 2011. Uh, this is back when it was still called FCW, and they hadn't fully switched over to the NXT brand or got like, the new place. It was just this like gross warehouse in Tampa, uh which everybody was thrilled, I guess that the AC was on because normally that's that's not a thing because Steve Kern's a fairly cheap man. I've learned I, I'm not you know, not saying from personal experience from what i've what I've heard. he's a he's a fairly he's th- cheap he's a he's a thrifty guy. He's a thrifty guy. he's very he's very conservative with his cash. nothing wrong with that. but yeah, if you want to be as comfortable as I am and as stylish as I am, uh grab yourself a let's wrestle apparel of shirt. Uh, definitely wrestling's first true fashion brand. Uh, They also make masks, like the kind of face masks you wear now that everything's going on with the pandemic, Uh, or even just custom apparel for if you have like a sports team. Um, But yeah, like I said, head over to let'swrestleapparel.ca. It's a Canadian-based company. Tell them Ethan sent you. On that note, let's go ahead and get into my interview with Darren Corbin. Cool. Uh, So I'm with Darren Corbin. Darren, thanks for, for coming out and doing this.
1: No problem and I'm glad to be the first guest of this this is gonna be super fun
0: me too I literally didn't reach out to anyone else I was like I I will happily wait until your schedule
1: clears up like oh I, I mean now now I'm even more flattered and and I'm glad that it actually worked out because like normally like a lot of times you know how it is like sometimes you're just trying to uh, I want to do this and then something either will come come up or something weird happens especially now and I was like oh no I I can actually do I can actually make this work
0: <laughs> and I figured now's a really good time because like almost everybody I know is like stuck at home like nobody's like oh I would man I'm gonna be in Japan for like six weeks it's like "Ah, oh, no you're gonna be on your couch watching Netflix for six weeks
1: I've been having you know it's been really funny like I think we've all had like that list of excuses that we were able to use for so long for people to be like, Oh, sorry, man, I can't do it. And like the honest to God truth is like what I've been doing for most is just being like, "Uh, man, I'm going to level with you. I do like a Q and a on my, my Patreon. So if you like want to join that and then see if the questions have already been answered. And then I've also thought about like YouTubing, like, putting a video up that are like, these are my five frequently asked questions. Do not message me if this video pertains to you, but like your concept, I was like, Oh, this will be fun. I don't, I don't really get to talk about these too much.
0: Yeah. Right. So I think it's something a little different. It's mostly just, you know, it's travel talk and all the weird places we get to. And mm-hmm. I think wrestling has like a, an advantage over other travel places. Cause like most travel, like podcasts I was listening to, it's like, I went to Cabo for like six weeks on vacation or do that. Either, either, or it's like, I went to Rwanda on a retreat and it was the worst, mm. but I feel like no one ever talks about like going to like weird, like Willamina, Oregon with like a population of like 60 people and like I, eating at the one restaurant slash courthouse or something.
1: Where everybody like turns and looks at you. Cause you're not a local. Like they just like pivot and they're like, uh, it's like if there was a record playing, it'd be the record scratch on, you know, on the jukebox.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's like, they know literally everybody in that town. Like, you cannot fool them. Like, you are not from here. Like,
1: There's nothing, on you. nothing you can do will make you like, it, it's like if you walked in with like a fake mustache, and you're like, hi, fellow town. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like, what, yeah, like how are you gonna get it? And to kind of go off of what you're saying, like, I had a, I used to have a profile picture. Like, it was my, actually it was my like uh, cover photo it was me in a library in the middle of this, like, I very similar to what you said, like I think the population was 104. I can't even remember the town, but it was at a school. And surprisingly, like it was a good crowd, like 200 and some people showed up. So either the whole town showed up or I don't know how he did it. But I remember our changing room was the library. And I grabbed the die, I held it up. And like, I was like, you know, a lot of people always ask you like, oh man, you get, you must get to see like so much cool stuff and you get to see all these cool things. And I think the part that people don't realize is mostly a, if you go to places, you're kind of like, huh, I would never be in this town if it weren't for wrestling. And two, like a lot of times when you get to go to someplace cool, you're not there long enough to really get to do anything touristy because either you're on your way back or you're at on your way to the next show so it's not like oh i get to wrestle in chicago i'm gonna swing by the museum before the show or whatever because you're already on to your next thing (laughs) yeah
0: right like a lot of times it's literally like you like get to the town like whether you drove there or flew there and it's like we're going to the venue and then you're gonna do the show and then if you're getting a hotel you'll go to your hotel otherwise you'll just get in your car go back to the airport and you'll leave and you never see shit and that's just kind of like and ninety nine percent of wrestling travel. Um, I guess to just give people kind of a baseline. Uh, so, like,
1: where where do you, where are you where are you originally from? Minnesota. So I, I mean, like I grew up in a small town of Detroit lakes. I live in the twin cities area here now. So I'm in like Minneapolis, St. Paul, but I've been Minnesota kid like my whole life. So I've just been, and, and also too like the town I went to college in. I kind of stuck around for a bit. So when I started wrestling, I was basically living in St. Cloud, Minnesota, which is like very central Minnesota, but to give you a frame of reference, it's, and it was basically an hour and 15 minutes from the airport and it's like an hour from the city so not only I mean like I do a lot of traveling yes but like a lot of local shows until about three years ago I was like I would do shows do whatever and then have to drive back to St. Cloud every single time or like drive down early stay with friends crash on their couch and then wake up early to drive to wherever we were going just so I didn't have to add an extra hour to my trip
0: yeah no definitely um so Minnesota born and raised then Yep, the... Minnesota
1: b- born and raised. Yep.
0: Cool. So I guess uh, we'll just jump into international stuff and then we'll work our way, I guess, closer, closer back to home base. Um, so you've been, you went to Europe, right?
1: Yes, I did. Uh, I did about three weeks where I was in England for the majority of it. And I was in uh, Germany for the last weekend.
0: Oh, okay, cool. What did you, what did you get to see in Germany?
1: So I, so Germany was, it was crazy. Cause like, Germany was originally my like into getting over there, but so like this is 2011. So I was wrestling for about seven years. Uh, Germany, I, and this is kind of going into what we we're talking about, about our travel. So I was doing the loops in England for like about two weeks. Cause a lot of stuff happened from the moment that we got out there. And then finally the way I describe it is you go from like, is like, if you were to wrestle at Six Flags, And you were to wrestle at Six Flags Chicago and then go to like St. Louis and where, you know, like Cleveland or something like that. Like you made these like trips and you were wrestling six days a week. And then my last weekend, we drove from England through France, took a ferry. I think it was, or England took a ferry into France, into Germany is how we did it. And honestly, when we got to Germany, I was like so exhausted because like it had been a crazy trip. Uh, I, we had like always packed a bunch of us in the car. So there was always like multiple people in the car and I was just like tired from the travel. And then we got to Germany and like the thing that <laughs> uh, I've talked about this before, but the thing that took the wind out of my sails is you've wrestled Fit Finley, right?
0: Yes. Yes, I have.
1: <laughs> okay. So like I did slow motion in Germany And he told me it was the most embarrassing thing he's ever seen in his entire career. And so it like took the wind out of my sails. And I basically just stayed like at the hotel. I think we went and grabbed McDonald's and I went to the hotel. And so like that was like from the venue to the hotel and little things in between was the extent of me traveling through Germany. I got to see a lot more in England, but in Germany, I didn't really do much because I was just like... I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> you know, so like, I just went back to my hotel. It was just like I'm gonna eat my closest to American food. <laughs> I just and then I also felt like an asshole because I walked into the the German McDonald's and I was like, I don't know any German. I'm gonna be like the tra- like the traditional American tourist right now. Luckily they spoke English, but I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know any German. <laughs> I felt like such a such a dick. Just
0: that American, you just wander to like Mcdusseldorf and you're like. Yeah, you have to spreck in z deutsch Uh I'm from America. This is how we get down. Home of GW Bush, Toby Keith, the Dixie Chicks, you've heard of us.
1: Like the the only thing I would have been like would have been so yeah, would have been perfect is like if I walked in a with a belt buckle, like a giant belt buckle in the shape of the United States that's said not from here. Like that's how I felt walking in. And if I could have been like, uh what do you call a hamburger in Germany? <laughs> like what? The- I just, I, uh, I just felt like such a, like, I felt like a douchebag when I did it, but I was just like, Oh my gosh. I was like, hi, I'm not from here. And she's like, Oh, we speak English. And I was like, God, thank God you do. Cause now I'm just didn't even bother to learn anything about coming over here. You know? So I just, Oh, uh, I felt so bad.
0: <laughs> well, I think a hamburger in Germany is, is a hamburger, right? Cause it's from Hamburg, right? Like it's named after the, the, the city in, in Germany, Hamburg. So I think you I think so that's this just makes me that was your safest this, bet.
1: Yeah, and this would make me look worse because I didn't even put the logic together that I would be okay if that was the case. Like I didn't even I didn't even study enough to be like, oh, these words coincide. <laughs> 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 just I'll assume everything. Like I but and that was the funny thing too, because I was with somebody, uh, one of the guys who, who ran the promotion, and he was there and I was like, Do I have him order for me or or, or, or what? <laughs> like maybe should I be like uh oh, I don't know. But yeah, I didn't really do too much sightseeing in Germany as I got to do in England. Um, and England was really nice because we actually had a hiccup, in, like our travel, like I had it all set up to go. And I was actually talking with somebody who I thought was more of a liaison for the the like Dixon runs. And so I thought when we would get there, because there was a bunch of Americans that were already over there and I hadn't, I didn't know. I I came over uh last week in july i want to say like it was probably like the 20th or something like that and i didn't know that the entire month of july had gotten canceled so there were uh americans that were stuck there like they weren't wrestling they were in like the they did like what i think it's called the digs like they had a, a basically an apartment or a house that they stayed in and that was all they were doing because there wasn't any shows so like they lost out on three weeks of bookings whereas i only lost out on like a week But I ended up meeting the guy who picked me up at the airport, ran a promotion and this really nice family who I cannot thank. uh, I can't thank them enough. And they uh, actually took me and Canon like after and they're like, how are you going to get there? And we stayed for three or four days with them. And they actually took us to London to do like touristy stuff and sightseeing stuff. And so I got to see like big Ben and, you know, all sort, you know, like Buckingham and all that stuff. So like, that was really cool. But if it weren't for them, I would have been, I, I don't know how that trip would have gone, but I, they were amazing and they helped out so much and I can't thank them enough for that, but that was fun doing the touristy stuff then. Yeah.
0: I find like when you're
1: overseas as an American and maybe it's, Maybe it's just, I
0: like to think that it's, it's not just an American because you're an American, but I feel like everybody acts like you're a child lost in like a department store and they're like, oh God, we need to make sure you don't get hurt or kidnapped. Cause like when I was like in like India, mm-hmm. or like even Dubai, it was like, oh, you're American. Oh, we need to, we need to take you somewhere safe. Uh, we're going to take you mm-hmm. to the mall. We're going to take you to McDonald's. You're, you're going to be okay. Do you need a place to stay? Did you, did you figure all this out?
1: The funny thing about that too, when you mention it, like I always forget about this, but when I was there, um, they were having riots going on, and I, and I'm trying to think what I we were in Wolverhampton when the riots came through the day before, so we were getting into Wolverhampton as everything was going on. So there was a bunch of riots that were going on over there, and we were driving to a show. And I remember seeing a car on fire, like on the side of the road, like somebody had lit a car on fire and whatever. And on every news station, there was something about riots and vandalism. And it was kind of weird because I remember, and, and it's funny talking about this now and being in the middle of what we're in in 2020, but I remember being super desensitized to all that over there. Cause I was like, Oh yeah, it's, uh, the news is reporting violence. Um, yeah that would be like i guess if i went to a bigger city than the one i live in like that's how ridiculous it was but i remember that being happening over there the whole time and then being like oh we we probably shouldn't go there oh if you're gonna take the train um maybe go down and exit we'll pick you up there so that was kind of crazy but i just didn't even think of it when i was there
0: you're just watching tv and like oh
1: germany has their own detroit okay that's cool <laughs> exactly i was like oh i remember si- I, I, yeah it's like oh i went to la once i know what this is like you know like that's what i was <laughs> just ridiculous stuff like that
0: i'm familiar with the protocol what is it is it the police again
1: <laughs> what, i mean what, what are we talking here are we just talking uh, like I, a group of us are fine or like i should just not wander off you know like that's that was <laughs> they were like oh maybe not here and i was like oh there's like 12 of us we'll be fine we'll be okay
0: yeah, we're Americans. We live for this kind of stuff.
1: Well, the funny thing is is I, we had uh, Willie Mack with us, too. So I was like, oh, we got Willie. We're fine. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. You got a, mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love Willie Mack so much.
1: Oh, he's the best. Willie's awesome.
0: I remember when he posted this video. Uh, it was a picture on Instagram of him with a wombat. I think it was in Australia. And, like, the infamous interaction with him and Brian Cage. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what is that? oh yeah it's a wombat it's like <laughs> shit's heavy <laughs> and I was like Willie Mac needs his own nature show
1: <laughs> oh yeah because the thing I remember hearing about Willie before I had met Willie was actually from uh, uh Yuma and like they had uh, walked down like somewhere in LA he told me that they walked down an alleyway one time and Willie and Yuma was like hey man should we go somewhere else like so no one messes with us and like Willie like deadpan to him was like, "Look at us. Who the fuck's gonna mess with us?" I was like, "That is the kind of confidence I want around me all the time." And so like I didn't I didn't feel unsafe at all when I had Willie around or in our car traveling to shows because I knew Willie could mess people up. So I was like, "Oh, I got Willie. I'm good." Oh yeah, he's super. He's crazy strong. Like he's unreal. Super strong. strong. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's like a real life Luke Cage.
1: Mm-hmm. and super and that, that's the thing where i was like man we got along i've i've always liked Willie, so i was like good you know like i i have good friends on my side that have the assets of either super strength or being able to fuck somebody up when i can't so it's like oh i'm in a group with with Willie. i got I, i'm fine i'm absolutely we can go wherever we want <laughs> totally fine i do love the, how, like,
0: the almost like the 180 that's come from like wrestling like because in the 80s it was like nobody messed with like a group of wrestlers because like they yeah. were wrestlers and now with like 20, 10, twenty, it's like, oh, we got we got one guy who can who can hang. I think we'll be all right. What we'll, as wrongs as with Willie? We'll be okay. They might try to fight uh, the rest of us, but they wouldn't mess with us with Willie. We'll we'll be okay.
1: So the funny thing about that too is that I'm glad you mentioned that because like the craziest thing about when I've been in a group or when I've been like at an after party at like some small town show because you know exactly like the atmosphere I'm talking about, and you got like those dudes who are like don't like you being there or are drinking at the bar and want to have a fight or something or looking for a fight. And the funny thing is, is when there's like a group of five of you, when I don't know if you've had this, but like it will be different on who they're like not deciding to mess with. So, you know, you could have like your group and they'll be like, well, I'm obviously not going to mess with the guy who's in the tank top with the big muscles or whatever. Like, you know, for example, we could be, we could be out with a a guy who's like over six, four, and they're like not going to mess with him. And then sometimes you'll be at like a show and and then the group of you go out and then they're like, I'm not going to pick on that five, six dude. He looks like he knows some shit. He looks crazy. Small people are crazy. And it's like who they decide to like, not, like go after are really, it's always odd. And it's always varied on towns. Like I've been at a show where like somebody was like, I'm not, they're like that dude right there. Like they were talking through the guy in front of me and they were like, that dude right there, man, he's crazy. Cause he's got red hair. And I was just like, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I'm just insane, man. <laughs> like <laughs> and like in my head, I was like, oh, God dang it. Are we going to have to fight? Like, that's what I'm thinking the whole time. And then in my, you know, and this guy's like, no, nah, man, redhead, like as if like oh you got uh, you got, you summon demons. Uh, I see your demon behind you because I've never seen anything with red hair before, you know. So it's like but just it's odd, like each each spot, but you're right. Like no one used to like try and mess with wrestlers and now it's like, oh, trying to see or size up or whatever it is. But normally those get diffused pretty quick, I've noticed over time.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember we were in uh, Eldon, Missouri for Harley Race's camp. And Eldon, oh. Missouri is, like, two hours from St. Louis and, mm-hmm. like, two hours from, uh, was it, Kansas City. Like, it's dead mm-hmm. center, middle of nowhere. And it is just, like, when you, like, uh, like close your eyes and just picture, like, small racist town, mm-hmm. like, Eldon, Missouri is it. It is like if, like, a Klansman played The Sims. Mm-hmm. And so we went to the only bar in Eldon because they had like a, a TV and they're like, yeah, we'll see if we can watch Monday night raw <laughs> and at a pool table. And it's me, uh, Jonas Albert Robertson, who's like, like six, four black <laughs> and Dylan divine. So it's the three of us. And we walk into this bar and at a pool table. And I was like, Hey, uh, can you see one you boys in a game of billiards? And the bartender stops what she's doing. And just goes billiards. Well, you best not be it <laughs> billiards around here. So I was like, what do you guys call it? Like, we call it pool. And I was like, all right, well, I guess we'll play a rousing game of pool. By the way, could you put on wrestling. Oh, yeah, right. It's already on. We're in <laughs> South. And yeah, but, like, every
1: interaction mm-hmm. was, like, just. I think all the, you know, like, just in general, like, that's my favorite, too, where, uh You know how it is naturally like I always use that argument of what you call like I guess in my travels what I've noticed is the funny one that it seems so stereotypical like what you call pop or soda or what and so like I have gotten some of the weirdest looks because like I can't remember where I was we were in a small town in Pennsylvania and she was like what do you want I was like oh I'll have a pop and like she just looked at me like real like real crazy because I just ordered and looked down and I was like uh a sprite and she goes yeah that's more like it and like so I was like okay fine so she gave me the and she's like I know you're not from around here because I can tell by your accent <laughs> I was like uh okay and she goes but a pop that means uh you know a smack on the ass so I don't know if you wanted or thought I was getting it and I was like I just wanted a sprite <laughs> that I mean uh I didn't want any of the things you suggested
0: I love, the, I love that argument, too, because we all know what somebody means, like, in a food setting, if somebody says soda yep. or pop. But I love that she was like, but just so you mm-hmm. know, it could mean this. Why in the hell you would ask for that in a restaurant? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. When the most logical answer is, you wanted soda. <laughs> but just so you know, it could um, also mean this.
1: My friends would like a couple beers. I'll take a lemonade. My friend over there would love a pop on the ass. Just uh, send it over whenever you got a chance.
0: Yeah, yeah, straight from the chef, if, if at all possible. <laughs> 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 we just get that straight from kitchen to table, top on the ass. That would be that would be ideal. Is there is there I a chef's can... table we can bend him over? That'd be even better. We just find a little we'll kitchen it... in the back, and we'll
1: we'll make it easy for you if we can. We'll I mean we'll help out. We're we're the ones wanting it. We're the ones or- ordering it. We couldn't get it in any of the other bars around here.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you can tell by our accents, but we're clearly not from here. In our in our home country, uh, we have, it's customary to get popped on the ass by the chef as a way of saying thank you for your patronage.
1: We always used to make the joke too, like we would walk into like very, you know, a place and then realize it's cash only <laughs> and we'd always be like, oh, our New York money isn't, isn't welcome here.
0: And that's, I never like to, I guess cause like I grew up like in the city or whatever, like cash only was like always kind of like low key code for like, eh, we're not paying our, we're not paying taxes for this shit. Like yeah, it always be like yeah some like random mini mart like like or like half like i don't say like a bodega but like essentially just like a bodega like oh we're, we're cash only and it's like ah oh, you're not paying taxes on this stuff i mm-hmm. i i get it but oh but i guess to backtrack a little bit so yeah so you're saying that your guests or i guess your hosts took you around uh, england what did you guys uh what did you guys check out while you're in england
1: so i got to see like pretty much everything that was touristy we got to see like uh you know buckingham that was really cool we we visited a couple spots where we could see the like the guards the changing of the guards i got to see big ben like i got to do everything or say like you know i took photos of myself in you know uh like old phone booths and stuff like that got to do that Um, i saw the sherlock holmes museum went to there so we got to do a bunch of cool stuff and and The funny thing was, is just like, there was so many things uh, and I'm glad I had somebody with me because first of all, there's no way I would have been able to fit all of it in. There's absolutely no way. Because I would not have been able to figure out the subway system or the tube as they called it. And I was shocked. And I was like, well, what if we want to see like big Ben? Oh, we'll hop here and then cross over here and go here. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you guys know this. Cause going back to what you said of like the American seemingly like, I'll, I'll, you know, like, look, we got to protect him. Last kid in the department store. Like if there was ever a chance for me to get lost, it would have been in the subway system. I would have ended up, somewhere completely different i don't even know where i would have been right and i always feel like too like especially visiting
0: somewhere touristy like i guess in my head i was called like the like the lost in new york like Mm -hmm. trip well like in uh home alone lost in new york uh like kevin McAllister sees like everything there is to see in new york in like the seemingly span of like an afternoon like, goes to, like, the yep. Statue of Liberty and, like, Central Park and, like, the Empire State Building. But then, like, reality, like, all of these things are, like, way far away from each other and, like, you have to travel by subway and all these things to get there. Like, like you couldn't see them in, like, a full day unless you left at, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah. Is that kind of, like, how, London, like, how like uh, like uh, London is where, like, everything's way farther apart than you thought? Uh,
1: so, like, the kind of, yes. Because, like, the funny thing about it is – to me, like everything seems so close, but to get there or walk there when you start like moving, you're kind of like, oh yeah, it'd be way better to take the tube now to go. Like certain things would be close, but you also would have to make a decision like, oh, we're here, what do you want to see next? oh, let's go to Big Ben. Okay. So if we go to Big Ben, it's that way. And then if you still have stuff you want to see, you know, so it was like a weird crossover. So again, luckily, like we were able to get a lot in on that day, which was awesome. But if I didn't have somebody who knew that or could help me with that, I, I have no idea how long that would have taken. I mean, like I probably wouldn't, and I don't even know how we found our way back to the car, you know, like which station we parked by. So I knew how to get how we knew how to get back home. And I just, I was like, Oh man. Yeah. I don't know how people just
0: travel by themselves and see everything and like, like seemingly make it seem like there was no issue whatsoever, like doing all of these things. And like, they had their own itinerary of where they were going to go and how they were going to get there. Like, like I've been traveling my entire adult life and have Mm -hmm. no semblance of like how to do any of that. Like, I basically get there, and I'm like, well, here's, like, the one thing I want to see. Like, mm-hmm. when, I, when, I, when I was in town for your wedding, I was like, well, I want to see the Mall of America. Yeah. But I had no idea from, like, our hotel how far that was to the Mall of America or, like, how we were going to get there or, like, what would be the quickest or cheapest way to get there. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, yeah, I don't know. We'll land. And then uh, I guess we'll just go to the Mall of America we'll just look at that. And then uh, whatever else. Like, And then even, like, the next day, like, we wandered around uh, – what was it, St. Paul, mm-hmm. and just stumbled across the cathedral. Yeah. <laughs> like, I had, no, I had no idea, like, if we were going to see it or where it was, and just lucked out that the place we got breakfast just happened to be, like, four blocks down. But, yeah, I was <laughs> like, well, just walk into town. Oh, shit, it's right there. Oh, this is convenient. And in then the, the flip side front. was like, oh, I don't know what to do with the rest of our day, because <laughs> so we saw the one thing we were looking for, in, and then in we the went to, to Minneapolis. And it was like, oh, this place is not what I thought it was going to be.
1: No. And Minneapolis and St. Paul are like almost two totally different things. Like I didn't really realize it until I moved here where people are like, you kind of stay on one side of the river. And it's kind of crazy how different like St. Paul and Minneapolis are, but also like going back to it with the Mall of America, like when you look at it, because the Mall of America is pretty close to the airport. So when you come in and you fly and like wherever you're going to a hotel, you know, like, you'll pass, like, the rest of the airport, you'll pass Mall of America generally and be like, oh, it's just right by the airport, sort of. And then you realize, like, by the time you want to go, like, how you get to all these places makes it a little little bit more complex. Like you said, you just kind of stumble on other things.
0: Yeah, I find a lot of times if, if I'm in an area, I'll just wander around and, like, whatever I see is whatever I'll see. And, like, mm-hmm. I won't even bother, like, trying to make plans to, like, oh, and yeah, no, I heard this is here. So we'll check this out, unless it's something I'm, I absolutely like want to see, or I'm going there for that reason. But otherwise, it's like I don't know. We we'll just walk around, Chad. Maybe we'll see some stuff. Try to eat at a local place. Probably give up. Go to Red Robin. I don't know. Or get mad that they don't have a Red Robin. One or the other, and then settle on Chipotle because there's always a Chipotle.
1: And the thing I used to always do is because I'm such a big food guy. So like, I'm always a big, like, I want to check local stuff and all that. So like, I always used to look at food network and uh, diners drive-ins and dives wherever I was going and be like, I want to eat at these places that are, you know, like staples of that area. That's always the stuff that I wanted to do. And so like, even in Portland, like when I would go out, when we were out there all the time, like I rarely got to even, I think it took a while to even like, Get to try uh, like even like Voodoo Donuts at one point you know it took a, a while until they were like sponsoring pretty much uh, West Coast but like to get to an actual like local spot where I was like oh this is just like the place that you go I think I had been going out there for years before I even got to do that.
0: So in Portland now did you ever go in Voodoo Donuts or did you just get the
1: donuts at the show? I went in one time only once have I been able to go inside what was the line like
0: cuz i've tried to go there like twice and both times the line was around the block and i'm like eh it ain't, it ain't that good
1: we went super late after a salem show and we drove back um we were cuz there was like 8 of us in the car and i just remember uh herb was driving and he ran a bunch of red lights <laughs> and i think it was like me I can't remember who else was in the car. Um, There was somebody who was just like, I'm over this. I don't want to go see the, I don't care about the donuts. And there was a bunch of us that wanted to go check it out. So we went at like 2 a.m. So there was no one really there except for like one other couple. So like walking in and getting stuff, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like it wasn't too bad. It wasn't packed. But yeah, normally during the day, it's like crazy lines and everything.
0: Yeah. I think that's a trick, right? You have to go like at super, like, not peak hours. Because, yeah, I think both times we went, it was, like, middle of the day on a weekend. And, yeah, the line would be, like, around the block. And it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to stand around with people from Portland this long. Like, that's that's a bit much even for me. I, and I can I, only handle so many people with dreadlocks before I'm like, okay, all right. If no one's going to play 311, I got to get the fuck out of here.
1: And, and I have a hard time, too. Like, even if it's a place I really want to go, like, I mean, it has to be something really good for me to wait you know and like again I'm like oh man I, I, I you know like I like voodoo donuts I do but I w- eventually would get to a point where if I was in a line I'd be like do I do I like it this much can I get a donut somewhere else you know like I would always second guess myself if there's a line like very rarely will I go to a spot and like wait extensively to be like all right i gotta see what the hype's about because i always feel let down like that's the other thing i always feel let down
0: yeah and that's the thing is i don't dislike voodoo donuts like the, the donuts are good mm-hmm. but like it's not worth like a 30 minute wait right donut that i'm gonna eat in like all of one minute yep like I, like there has to be some kind of like management for like time versus time eating Mm -hmm. did you ever go to like that food truck area like it's like a block that's just
1: food trucks I did I went there one time because uh when I was able to kind of sneak away with uh or actually I came in early I think it was and I was able to like leave for the evening and I was able to go and and visit the food truck because um I think that's right when I had heard of like brunch box but we ended up I tried a bunch of different places there I had like uh, I tried like uh appetizer thing from one and then had like some I want to say it was like a Moroccan food thing that they had and then I had dessert from another one so I tried and hit up like three spots because I also really like food trucks because I think it's, I mean, like, obviously it's their goal, but I think the biggest thing about them is you're always like, man, what should we do for food? And every time I think that and there's a food truck by, I'm like, I'll try that place because it's convenient. It's right there. And I'm like, clearly that's a local business. So I'm going to support it.
0: Right, yeah, there's no chain food trucks. But also <laughs> like food trucks get so heavily scrutinized like mm-hmm. by the, the people who like grade food and restaurants and all that, mm-hmm. that like food trucks are like always clean. Oh, like, yeah. You're not going to find, like, maybe, if, I guess maybe if you were, like, middle of nowhere, like, Pawtucket or something like that, you might find, like, just, if it's just a random food truck on the side of the road, mm-hmm. maybe sketch. But if you're, like, in a city and, like, there's a food truck, like, guarantee you they have, like, an A++, like, for cleanliness. Yeah.
1: Uh, ODB, you know, she has a she has a food truck out here. And I remember uh, she came, she actually did, she came to one of the shows. Like, she served food at one of the shows we were at. And the thing with the food truck is like, I was asking her a bunch of questions about it. Cause I was like, how are things going? Like, how's the new, like, how is this going for you? And she's like, I love it. But like, there was so many different things she had to do in in Minnesota to get like certified, licensed, all this stuff. There was like, I want to say like the whole process took at least like at least a year for her to do it. And there's so much stuff you have to like, be by the book on and like you said they are very strict so when she told me all that i was like heck yeah and her foods are great so her food's awesome i always suggested if you can get it but yeah like i've never been disappointed by a food truck or like been like oh this is kind of mm, i should have gone somewhere else i've always liked everything that i've gotten
0: yeah there was a while too like when we were in portland like we would try to hit up the food trucks like every, like every month or so. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just to try like a different one. Like I, and this is probably terrible logic. I would always opt for whatever food truck had the shortest line because I was impatient. Mm -hmm. Even though I know in my head, the longer the line, like the better the food probably is. Mm -hmm. But even, so I'm going to say I probably had the majority of like the, the minor league food truck food. Mm -hmm. And even that was like, yeah, was always great. Oh yeah, there was a there was a weird taco one that yes. I remember, and that one was probably like my favorite one because they had like a bunch of like obscure things like they would put on tacos. Like so, there was like the like the chicken, uh, the beef, cabeza, lingue, and then mm-hmm. there would be like other random meats. Like I think one of them was like alligator or crocodile.
1: Mm, yeah, no, I know, I, I know exactly which one because I was intrigued by it because they were doing a special that was there that was uh yeah they they were doing the one with the alligator and uh i almost stopped it was the same thing the line was the line was long and i had already gotten something i think that was kind of like you know like nachos or a quesadilla from some place so i was like i guess i'm not really feeling this i i kind of want something different but the place i ended up going was i think kind of right next to it but they did like this crazy like crepe dessert with like Three scoops of ice cream and everything, and it like hardened into like just this castle of like sugar, and it was so good. But I was like, ah, I definitely picked the right place for dessert today. So
0: uh we're getting pretty close, I guess, to the end. Like maybe five five minutes or so. I don't know. I guess we go as long as we want. Mm-hmm. Podcast, right? But yeah. Um, I guess it was a quick run at Like, what are what are all the countries that you've you've been to? So we covered like Germany and, and uh, England.
1: Yeah. Um, I've mostly and I've gone to Canada obviously because it's easy. And the thing with Canada is the border crossing for us for here for a long time was always such a pain. Like, we would get pulled into customs and like searched. And, um, the one up by where we go connecting up uh, north, I would always get like the weird questions from people where either I didn't answer the question correctly or whatever. Cause I remember I was going up and I was basically going to be gone. I think it was like five days, six days. And I got the, like, so uh, what are you coming up here for? I was like, oh, I'm going to catch a couple of wrestling shows. Okay. Uh, how long are you going to be up here for? I was like, probably about a week. What do you mean? Probably. And I was like, it might be six days. It might be seven if I sleep and then decide to drive back. Oh, is your work okay with that? I was like, yeah. It's called vacation. You know, like I was trying to, I, so we've always gotten the third degree and we've been like pulled into customs like three times up there. But uh, yeah, and and the funny part is, is I've had more issues there than like when I flew to like foreign country to do stuff. But my goal was always to add like a couple more countries to the list. Like I want to obviously try and travel and get more. And like my goal before everything went to hell was, oh, I want to, I want to just Keep knocking states off my list, and like get new states, and fly to new places, and like that was my big goal. So like that's what I was hoping for. So I've I haven't really done like too much in too many other countries, just like trying to get a bunch of the states now.
0: Yeah, that yeah. I mean, totally. And that's the thing is like, there's so many states just in the U.S.
1: That'll mm-hmm.
0: say like feel like a totally different country, but there's mm-hmm. like a completely different feel. Oh yeah. Than like what you're what you're used to back home. But yeah, and Canadian, for whatever reason, too, like Canadian border guards jump on this. It feels like they always try to catch you on something yep. that's, like, very random. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember we were coming across once, and they're like, do you have any weapons on you? And we we're like, no. He's like, do you have any guns? No. Do you have any knives? No. Do you have any nunchucks? They're like, oh, well, shit, you caught me. You caught me, man. <laughs> My name's Bruno. Those this, are Leonardo. this is Michelangelo. This is Donatello. He's <laughs> got Ross in the back. He's an ass. Mm-hmm. Like, but yeah, they're just trying to catch you, like, weird stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, look, buddy, I'm from America. What horrific thing do you think I'm going to do in your country that I couldn't do in my own? And to kids, yeah. Like, why would I come here and hurt you, kind, gentle people, when there are people in my own country that I can screw, I can harass
1: and harm? I'm glad you said that because that was one of the last times I went up there. Um, this, because this caught me so. Go off guard. I got, I was, it was actually the easy, one of the easiest trips I had coming through, but I got the questions in the series of three were this, do you have $10,000? And I was like, $10,000 cash. I was like, no. I was like, who carries that kind of money on them? Uh, do you have any, anything to declare uh, any food to declare? And I said, no. And then the final question was, do you have any pictures of underage kids on your phone? And first of all, like that question's weird already, but like, you know, like what, what guy is like, even if you were a pedophile and they're like, do you have pictures of underage kids? And you're like, uh, sir, I can't tell a lie. It goes against my code of morals. I do, you know, it's like, or, or where do you get caught going? It's like, do you have anything to declare? No. Do you have cash? No. Do you have pictures of kids? Yeah. Oh no, 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 not kids. You know, like who gets caught in that? And then I realize that, somebody told me that there was a big like pornography child pornography bust or something like that. And I was like, if that's your way of trying to like trick me into giving you something, or like, if you expect to be like, do you have pictures of kids? And here I am like, oh, and I start doing like the key and peel sweat in my car. You know, like what, what are you expecting my answer to be?
0: i assume they just want to catch the George Washington of pedophiles, right? The, Sir, I cannot tell a lie. <laughs> yes, I do.
1: <laughs> like like the idea of like ah, this is my true demon but i will always be virtuous and never break a commandment on the lying like that's where i even out that is where i'm not, i i can carry my flag white enough to keep it away from dogs you know like that how in exactly is like that going to be the thing that trips you up i don't know
0: was that when you go to Canada was that with uh, was that for Danny Duggan for
1: CW it wasn't for Danny but I was with Danny and in this story if I can get it in is crazy absolutely
0: and, I love okay. crazy
1: so I went up uh, so basically from me I went up and did a show around Calgary I did four shows like it was a bunch of and I wish I should have looked it up before this but it was like you know three smaller shows and then a show in Calgary and everything and Calgary from me is basically 21 hours, which I was not aware of. I knew I was in for a travel because Danny lives in Winnipeg. So I met Danny in Winnipeg, which was six and a half hours from me. And I met Danny, a guy by the name of Zach Mercury and Renee Dupree was on tour with them up there. So thought, this is my car and Danny has like a kind of like a firebird. So it's, not made for four people. And it, and Zach Mercury's very tall and Rene Dupree is like, I think, 6'4". He's so a like, massive dude, yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, we all got in this car and we left. And this is also during the time when it was like super cold. Um, it was negative 20. And then with wind chill was like in the... Ne- so like I'm learning a bunch of stuff up here. And so this is my trip. So uh, we take Danny's car and maybe an hour and a half into the trip we blow a tire like I, I don't know if it's a combination of everybody in the car and our our weight and our bags but we, we blow a tire on the side of the road now in America I have AAA, so I can just be like hey if you guys want I can call AAA. it's freezing out there like it is like you don't want exposed skin freezing uh uh, uh what is it called um uh, like it's warning really emergency frostbite. Yeah. Yeah. But like it's it's like um advisory. There it is. Advisory, like frostbite advisory for being out if you were had exposed skin for more than five minutes. So it's like, guys, I can call triple A. Well, that doesn't exist really up there. So it, we're as bundled up as we can. And like Renee Renee is like in there with his phone while the guy is replacing the tire. And I'm trying to like do anything I can, like hold, you know, stand out there. Hold, Cause like, I feel bad that I'm not actually helping with the tire, but I want to show like solidarity, be like, like Hey man, if you're going to be cold, I'm going to be cold too. Like, I'm not going to have you like be working, jacking up the car and on the time be like, Hey guys, how's it going out there? Like sitting in the car, asking how things are going. So we had that happen on the trip. Uh, so we stopped and got a tire replaced. So we did that. On the trip up, we ran out of gas uh, because Danny's gas gauge didn't really work. So he had it kind of down to a science when he would fill up and with all the things that got in the way, uh, it caused like him to be off. So we ran out of gas and we had to go and we were in the middle of nowhere. But also too, the funny thing is, is I can't remember what the effect is called where like the mountains up there or like the, the top of the Rockies, the drift wind or whatever that comes through, it went from negative 30 to 45 degrees like in the course of six hours. And it was like beautiful, like almost spring feeling as we're up there. And we ran out of gas. So the only thing we could think of is we have no idea where the next gas station is. So there's a farm and we ended up going to this farm and like knocking on the door. So like you have three wrestlers going up to the door and... This old man walks out and we're like, sir, we're so sorry. We uh, we ran out of gas out here. Uh, is there anything you can do to help us? And he's like, oh, no problem. And he just walks in, uh, grabs his hat, walks to the garage, grabs a gas can, and then hops into the, like he has like a go-kart, like a, a golf cart, you know, like John Deere style. And he goes, just hop on the back. So he ends up giving us a ride you know, up his driveway, up fills our car with gas enough to get to the next gas station. We're like, sir, can we pay you? Like this, you do not understand how much you just helped us out. And he's like, no, just, you know, pay it forward, blah, blah. So, okay, cool. So like, luckily we met this nice old man in somewhere in Alberta that gave us this. So we've now popped a tire, we've ran out of gas. Um, We got to the first show, did the first show, like the wrestling, everything about the wrestling is easy. And then all of a sudden, uh, so I'm staying at a, a guy by the name of Travis Cole's place. Uh, I don't know if you oh, know Travis.
0: Danny has told me so many, all horrific, so many <laughs> stories about Travis Cole.
1: Okay, so Travis Travis has always been great to me. He's given me a place to stay. He's always been awesome to me. Uh, but yes, Danny, I know has, man, has, uh, social media in general has just like, I guess it would be considered some kind of hazing probably from the outside if you're looking in, but we were staying at his place and Danny like woke up in extreme pain, like lower back, extreme pain, couldn't barely move. Like he was sitting, he was laying in a bed and was in so much pain that he got, he moved to the floor because he he could not get comfortable. And this is where I learned about like the Canadian healthcare system because I was like, oh, I get to see this in action. I realize there's clinics and I it's there that there's like those uh, quick emergency clinics. And we went to, we we're in Calgary. So we went to the, the big clinic and I, we took him there. And I mean, like there, he was, I mean, he was in so much pain. And I was like, I don't know what happened because I have no idea. And I guess that they kind of like focus on it. I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but like they kind of focus on it like as a priority, like who looks like they're going to die first is kind of how it goes. Yeah. It's like kind of Canadian triage. Yeah. And so I got there. And when we, when we were there, it said like the wait time was like an hour and 20 minutes. And I was like, and I was asking Travis, I go, so Canadian healthcare, like it's all free. Right. And he goes, it's free. But as you can see, like everyone kind of comes in when they get a cold. And I realized that you have like a bunch of hypochondriacs and like a bunch of people who are like Oh, I don't want to get sick. Or, and I saw one person who was like in a cast. So I was like, Oh, so there's just a lot of people here. And Danny's obviously like in pain, like can barely talk is like, can I just lie on the floor? And like, they got him a wheelchair and he was in, in like a half hour. And in the time that he got into the hospital into the like to see a doctor it was at like an hour or something and then i because i remember it in increments because i'm such a i've been in wrestling for so long it went up to three sixteen. like that was the waiting time so i was like holy cow and then uh i had gotten a call from the promoter because i was letting him know what was going on uh and so travis came back out and they're like they need to keep him like overnight so like travis and i um like had to go back to the show and by the time I left it was like five hours and 28 minutes or something like that that's how like it went from an hour and some to like five hours and some so uh to fill this part like long story short Danny's in um like Danny gets stuck at that hospital for three weeks because I think they I think what they found out is he had a staph infection that had gotten to his blood and oh so like God. And like, if he wouldn't have gotten there, I think it was either 24 hours or 48 hours later, he could have died and insane. So yeah, so I mean like good thing that we brought him there and he was there. So from Calgary, we went and did the show and then we did another show and like we were just traveling and like the traveling was fun. Like I really had a good time. And like, I I loved talking with Rene Dupree, like Rene was awesome the whole trip. And you know, I got to get to know him really well. And like, I really enjoyed it. And you know, as we were coming back, like, here's an obvious thing that happens is like, uh, I I can't really remember how this all fell into place because this part is such a blur, but we did, we're on our way to our last show. So now it's just me, Renee and Zach in Danny's car. So I'm driving and I have, and I forget about the gas gauge again. So we ran out of gas again. <laughs> and the only thing that saved it is we literally were on such a steep hill that rolled into a gas station that I coasted in and got to the pump just enough so we could push up to the pump. So like we ran out of gas twice, we popped a tire, Danny's in the hospital. Uh, like I'm in the, I'm in the middle of nowhere and my phone will only work when I get Wi-Fi. So like my phone is kind of like a glorified paperweight for all these things. And, um, we do the show. And then after the show, like I'm getting basically two sides to every story, what's going on. And I, at first it was Danny wants, cause Danny has his merchandise and he has a, a big bag of merch. So it was like, Danny wants his stuff. I was like, okay, but Calgary's like two hours the other way. And I got 21 hours to go. And then I was like, well, wait, how's Danny getting home? Cause you know, at this time we're just still trying to figure out his situation in in the in the hospital. So I don't remember how the details go through on this, but it's literally like Danny's trying to find out a way to get home, trying to figure out how it's going to work. He's messaging the promoter and he's trying to figure out how he's going to get his stuff plus his car or how his car is going to get, you know, like, because if we take his car home, how's he going to, you know, because he doesn't have a car, so is he going to get flown? So it's like this mess. But how I got told it was is, well, if no one's taking care of me or no one's taking my stuff, I'm not letting you use my car. And I was like, wait a second. So how am I supposed to get home? So like, I kind of, I wasn't freaking out because I was like trying to figure out before I heard, I wanted to hear from Danny first, but I was like, what if I start, what if I was to start heading home? Because I was like, Oh, I'll just drop Danny's car in Winnipeg at his house. And he like reports the car stolen, you know? So like what would, (laughs) what would top off this crazy weekend of travel other than finding out that like I get pulled over for the cops for driving a stolen vehicle in Canada. So I was like, that would look great for an American. So um, it ended up what the resolve was is after a long period of time, it was Danny ended up being able to fly back to Winnipeg. We took his car And we had his merch brought to him. And we were like, listen, dude, somebody else is gonna bring you the merch and um, they're gonna pay for your bags, I guess. You gotta take it up with the promoter. Cause again, it's like, I think it was an earlier show but it was like 8 p.m. before we could leave. And it was 8 p.m. And then I have like 21 more hours, you know, to drive to home or whatever. So I'm just like, oh my gosh. And so I remember driving through the night And I drove like 11 hours, I think it was. I drove from 8 to 7 a.m. And I was just like, I was so wired because I was like, what the fuck just happened on this trip? Like I've gone through every gamut of emotions and like in my head, I was like, I have so many stories on what's going on. And when people say like travel and road warriors and all this stuff, I was like, I should be in consideration. Like I was very like hopped up on something like in the car, like what the fuck is going on? Like, are we driving a stolen car? <laughs> like some, so like the funny part is that I think like Rene Dupree, like really liked me because he's like, this kid's entertaining. Cause I'm just like, I'm like venting out loud and like all the snowstorms that we were driving through or whatever had like, we didn't hit anything bad, but you know, like these roads out in the middle of Canada have like no blockades. So there's like giant snow drifts and there's like everything. And I'm like, just determined not to run out of gas again. But I'm also like, well, now it's me putting my own money into the gas. So am I gonna get my reimbursement with, a tr- so like, I'm, I'm just like, you know what? At this stage, I gotta get the fuck home. <laughs> like, that's what I thought is, <laughs> I'm just like, I gotta get home and I don't care. Like conversion rate this, like just, send me whatever you think is fair, you know, like, and, and tr- truth be told, it all worked out. Like it, I think it all worked out in the end. Um, the funny part about it was the like little ass kicking part that could tie into this is when you go to Winnipeg through the spot. So as you can tell, long story short, we got home safe, you know, after a lot of driving, after whatever, great stories, had fun, whatever. We made the best of it. Um Winnipeg to the border is probably about an hour I would say and then 10 minutes into like the state side is the first gas station. Um so I thought I knew and remember I'm telling you my phone's like a paper you know it's a paperweight cuz I can't connect to internet. So I thought I left Danny's place correctly cuz I thought I was following the directions the other way and I ended up in a very unfamiliar part of Winnipeg. And and not like a bad neighborhood or anything, but I ended up weird and I have nobody. So like, I felt like it was the biggest throwback ever where I had to go ask somebody for directions. And like, it was funny cause I was like, hey, I just need to know how to get back to the United States. Like that was the most vague way to put it. <laughs> you know, like, can you tell me how to get back to the United States, preferably Grand Forks? And luckily they did and they pointed me in the right direction. But as I got to the border, So as I got to the check-in point to get back to the States, my check gauges light came on. And I'm like, my check gauges light normally comes on right around, I think when you have like 30 miles left is where it sits. And I think it is 26 miles at this point to the gas station from where I saw the yellow light come on. But also I'm at the border Talking with a, you know, like talking with the the border patrol, while my car's running. So I'm like, and we're seemingly having a long conversation because this one's actually pleasant. But I'm getting somebody who's actually a wrestling fan asking me questions, which can be good if you're going in, but coming back where you're like, oh my god, I'm I'm gonna idle myself out of gas. And, and like,
0: you're doing me no favors. You're doing me and your country a disservice. <laughs> I'm gonna be in.
1: stuck. I'm going to be stuck in your country. And so uh, I. it was for those crossing over the border for like the next 20 to 15 to 20 miles was, I was just like, I, I was just like, who, whoever's looking over me right now, just for the sake of my sanity, please let me make it to the gas station on this last tank of gas, please. On the and, ghost
0: of Gene Kandinsky. Get into
1: this gas station. Please, anybody. And it wasn't like I ran out of gas and rolled in, but it was the moment where with my car, that was the most gasoline I've ever put into my vehicle where like, I think it was an 18 gallon tank. And it was the first time I had probably, actually it's the first and only time I have put close to like, 17 and a half gallons in it and i was like oh my gosh no i'm gonna because like if i would have ran out of gas by myself as soon as i crossed back America, i would have been like you know what maybe wrestling's not for me like this is somebody telling me something <laughs>
0: yeah this is clearly this is clearly all me let me and, take everybody else out of the equation this is clearly just something that's that i'm doing and,
1: it's it's clearly me like it's this is what like i you know like one of my friends almost die uh like we popped a tire on my side of the car, you know? So it's like, uh, it's clearly me, this is what's happening. And I remember getting home. So like I said, it's 21 hours and I remember getting home like right in time for dinner. And I think what I did is I ate, like I ate dinner cause my parents actually live. Uh, so that's the thing. I lived in St. Cloud. My parents actually lived two hours closer to the border. So I stopped in my hometown of Detroit lakes. So it was actually a little bit sooner, but I stopped and ate dinner at my parents' place and just, they were like, How was your trip? And I was like, buckle in. I have stories. And I just like, I, during dinner, I talked to them about my, it was like, we talked for over an hour and I finished eating and it was like, you could finally relax, or I had eaten a big meal or whatever it was. And I remember going downstairs and passing out on the couch. Like I was so mentally exhausted that it just took everything out of me. But that trip was so crazy. And I just remember like, I, cause I remember having to message Danny and being like, were you going to, call the cops on me for taking your car I remember like having that conversation and having him have to tell me but you know like those games of telephone where you have like three people telling you the same thing and it's like uh okay so that was out that was left out there's this oh my gosh please just let me get home but I made it I made it safe and that's actually the last time I think I'm pretty positive that was the last time I went to Canada and that's been six years ago now I swore it off after that Yeah, because like I, I, the most I've ever went is I was doing shows for uh, a place called uh, up in Winnipeg. I was doing shows that were running every third week. That's actually where I got to like meet Gangrel, where I got to meet Dave a lot. And um, but you know, like those were easy because we had um, we had a statement because they were filming TV. So we would always hand the border patrol like this is our entertainment. Like we're sports entertainers. This is what we do. And we rarely had any issue getting across the border. We had no problems with that. So like this one was just like, oh, it's catching up to me for all the times I made these trips without any problems, but yay.
0: All, all compounding into one. Mm-hmm. Hey man, uh, dude, Thank you very much for, for yeah. doing this with me. Um, where can people find you on social media?
1: Okay, so most of it's really easy. Uh, like Twitter and Instagram is just all, at Darren Corbin. Uh, I do a lot of YouTube stuff where it's just Darren Corbin TV. You can type in Darren Corbin. uh, You'll see my profile pop up. I obviously always plug my Patreon. I do a lot of like exclusive videos there. Uh, We did, you and I did the video there for uh, shirt dicking. We talked about its origins, we put it up there, but those are my big ones that I normally do. Those are my main four that I plug. All right,
0: sweet. Come come for the Patreon. come for the shirt dicking, stay for for everything else. yeah once again thank you very much for doing this i appreciate i'm stoked that i could have you as the the first guest this was an amazing an amazing first episode i hope fingers crossed Uh, i feel like it was i hope you feel like it was uh yeah thank you man i had a blast Alright guys, we made it. I think we made it through our very first podcast. Once again, I want to say thank you to Darren Corbin uh, for doing the podcast. You're an amazing guest. You're an amazing friend. Uh, like he said, follow him on all of his social media. He also does these really fun videos where he uh, does like a back and forth with a consultant that he also plays as well. It's absolutely hysterical. It's all over YouTube, it's all over his Twitter, all over his Instagram. Can't miss it. Uh, Again, thank you to All In Energy Drinks. Thank you to Let's Wrestle Apparel. If you're looking for me to hunt me down, you can find me on Twitter at RealEthanHD. I'm on Instagram at EthanHD312. I'm on Facebook as EthanHD. Um, Once again, thank you guys for listening. This is the Going Home Early Podcast. I will see you all soon.